Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Well, paranormal was uh, discussed a lot in my family because my mother had this natural psychic ability. Uh, she never charged for it, she never exploited it, but word of mouth uh, brought quite a few people to the home. So, uh, yeah, I was around it from, from my earliest memories. My dad and mom told me that uh, while I was sleeping, once in a while, they would look in my room and they would see the image of my grandmother almost like protecting me by my bed. And she died, um, you know, before I was born. They would see a soft photograph kind of floating by my bed. I mean, you know, not ghost-like, more angelic light and very calming, peaceful, kind of an inner light. And if you met my parents, they're not strange or off. I mean, my dad was a tech illustrator, Jeff Postal Laboratory. My mother was a, uh, you know, uh, um, a homemaker. Very normal people, but this was part of their, uh, part of their life. I never met my grandmother, but from, from stories my dad tells me, and she, you know, made it through the depression with, uh, you know, with her family. But unfortunately, she uh, had breast cancer and she died in her middle 40s. So even though I never, I never met her, I had a good feeling what she was about. I believe it was 1971. I finally could afford my first new car and it was a yellow VW, which back then, they weren't exactly the safest car, but they were the cheapest car. And I had, um, uh, picked up a stray German Shepherd off the uh, off the street. There were no tags, nothing. So I decided to uh, to take the Shepherd down to the down to the dog pound and place the dog on the passenger side. Instead of sitting on the ch- on the seat, the dog kind of went underneath. There was like a, where the leg room is, kind of s- just laid down there. So I was going over Burbank Boulevard. And you go over the overpass, and you come to a um, three-way signal. I was waiting to make a left-hand turn, and cars are going by this way. There's, there's other cars with the red kind of angle, with a red light angle. Well, at the corner of my eye, I was waiting to make a left-hand turn. I saw a car run the red light. The woman was looking behind at her kids or something, and at 35, 40 miles an hour, hit me, hit the side where the dog was on, Full bore. Enough to rip the car almost in half a little bit. And I remember very distinctly from the moment the impact happened, everything turned into extremely slow motion. Time didn't stop, but it almost stopped. Every frame I could remember. It was forever. As my head was going up 
into the rearview mirror, because I didn't have a seatbelt on at the time. My head hit the rearview mirror and heading toward the windshield. At that moment, I saw the face of my grandma Ann. Smiling, real as can be. And it was very angelic. Beautiful blue eyes, this very light skin, the most comforting, kindest look and smile. So kind. And the words she spoke, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And I knew everything was fine. I, I can remember every, everything that happened all the way through. And it was like, it was, it was like stop photography. Almost, and I almost, and I was going through the windshield, I almost felt like something pushing me back. It felt like an hour passed. And then, and then time happened, and then time happened again, immediately. This car was annihilated. This car was, I mean, from the passenger side, it was, it was like, it was like peeled up. It was in half, almost like a can. It was just pulled, just pulled apart. You know, the police came. There was, they, they thought for sure someone had died. Well, not only did no one die, if the dog had been on the chair, on, on the seat, he would have been, he would have been crushed, but he was just under it. So it kind of it was like a bubble that protected the dog. I don't remember who was in the car. I don't remember any of that, but it was this woman. She was not hurt. Me, they thought, oh, I must be really hurt. I said, no, I'm real, I know I'm not hurt. I know I'm not hurt. Said, you have to be. They, they, they forced me to just don't move, not to move. I, 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 I knew I was fine. I'm arguing with them. And they said, no, you're in shock. You're in shock. The police came, no, you're in shock. You're in shock. They brought an ambulance. They, they, they stretched, they stretched. I, I said, I'm fine. All I had was a scratch. Literally a scratch. They took me to the hospital. They put me through a series of tests. Nothing. I should have been dead. Hello, everybody. My name is Cleek Keith, author of Ghost of Greystone, Beverly Hills, and you are listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with my friend Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, September 12th, 2022, episode 279. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, I'm always glad to be back in the hot seat. And everything's pretty quiet over here, not too much to announce. Uh, Fall weather is upon us, but it's going to get a little bit warmer uh, later on this week. But I do like myself some fall weather, and it's great hiking weather. And you old-timers know that, I like to hike. So that's coming around. Actually, I did some hiking... uh, during a Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, not too much more to announce. Everything's pretty quiet around here. Just waiting for Halloween to arrive. Can't wait for that. And tomorrow's Tuesday. A brand new show of Aaron's Horror Show will be out. And a brand new episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas this Wednesday. And Terry is back. He just took some time off. But hey, he's back. And of course, this Friday, a brand new show of Hoodoo Lounge Radio. And, of course, two new entertain short films 
So hopefully you guys enjoy what we have to offer this week. But yeah, that's about it. And uh, for all you new people out there, if you have a paranormal experience that you would like to share, just send it to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off on a future episode. And of course, we got a big backlog, and we need to put a dent into it. And so, yet another listener story episode. So with that, let's get the show on the road, and you guys know what that means. Oh, yeah, man. Come on, say it with me. Say it with me. That's right, two the story then follow me right this way no pushing no shoving and the fans are still going nice and cool in here grab a beanbag over there in the corner find an empty spot on the floor and get the rest of the popsicles we're not going to get any more we're almost out and while you guys are doing that get behind my desk here get comfy and i print off bert's packet let's see what she sent us okay Okay. Uh, some medium ones and a long one. All right. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So good when it hits the lips. All right. The first one. This one is titled Blue-Eyed Boy, and it's by Mama. Okay, Mama. Let's see what you got, man. From as far back as I can remember, I've had paranormal experiences. I also realized at an early age that most of the time, keeping those experiences to myself was the best way to go. When I was four years old, I related one of these experiences to my grandma. She was immediately offended and stated that I needed God and that I was pure evil. So for the most part, while I was growing up, I ignored, shut out, or pretended these things didn't happen. Sharing my stories is never easy. It takes a lot out of me. My hands sweat and my insides shake. Not because I'm worried no one will believe me or that I will be judged, but because I know voicing these things make them stronger. My first story is about a little blue-eyed boy. It will be 20 years since I was visited by this child. The day started out as any other weekday. I woke up early, woke my four kids up, and fixed them breakfast and sent them to school. Usually my husband works nights, but this week it was on days. I was super excited to have the house to myself, to just be alone for once. We had moved into the house less than a month before, so I had been working myself nearly to death trying to get things organized. I was more than ready for a me day. I quickly straightened up the house, making beds, vacuuming, and starting the laundry. I then went into the living room to do what I had been wanting to do for weeks. I set my sewing machine up on the table. I laid the fabric on the floor and pinned my pattern to the top of it. As I started to cut the pieces out, I heard a giggle. (laughs) I looked up just in time to see a beautiful little boy standing on the top step of my living room. My first thought was that he had came inside through the other front door. He was dirty, filthy in fact. Dirt smudges on his cheeks, all over his blue overalls. His overalls were only strapped on one side, and the other strap hanging loosely by his side. His shirt was a faded yellow-white. He had the most vivid, astonishing blue eyes I had ever seen. He looked to be about 18 months old, uh, maybe two years. He had blonde hair sticking up all over the place, and it too had dirt in it. He was 
solid. There was no reason for me to believe he was a ghost. I laughingly asked, Where did you come from? He giggled again. I looked away for a few seconds while getting up off the floor. When I looked up again, he was gone. But I could still hear his giggles trailing off. I walked through the house calling for him. I checked the other doors of the house. The one in the playroom we referred to as the other front door. It was locked. I looked in closets and under beds all the time calling out to him. After what seemed to be a very long time, I started checking windows to make sure there wasn't an open one. I never found the little blue-eyed boy that day, and I have not seen him since. But I will always remember exactly what he looked like. I'm not sure if he's still here. Sometimes when the musical rocking horse in my granddaughter's playroom randomly starts playing, I imagine it's him just having a good time. Playing as other children do. Thank you so much for reading. And man, that's from Mama. Mama, thank you very much for sharing. That's a feel-good story. I love these stories. And, uh, yeah, you never seen them again. One time only. That's always a curious thing to me. Every once in a while we'll get a story like that where, well, in this case, you were there for a couple months or what was it? I don't know, a couple weeks, something like that. But then we do get other stories where, you know, they've been there for a couple years and all of a sudden something like this may happen and it's just a one-time event. It's always a curious thing to me. And, um, yeah, there's very few stories that I've read uh, on this podcast where uh, people say that these things look pretty solid to them. You know, most of the time it's kind of wispy, you know, somewhat see-through type of apparitions or maybe they're only half there. So, you know pretty interesting yeah mama thank you very much for sharing great story all right what's next what do we got here this one is titled a knock and it's by angel okay angel let's see what you got man okay i don't sleep for long periods at night for a number of reasons firstly my youngest son is autistic and amongst other disabilities that go with it, has ADHD. So, he has an erratic sleep pattern and sometimes wanders at night, so I always sleep with one ear open. Also, I have developed carpal tunnel syndrome in both hands and am currently awaiting an operation to fix this, so I don't sleep well due to the pain from that. I found I usually start to drift off about 4 a.m. and get about two hours before my alarm wakes me up at 6 a.m. My youngest son has a habit of knocking on the door before he enters. Knock, knock, knock. Mommy, knock, knock, knock. Mommy, knock, knock, knock. Mommy, exactly like Sheldon Cooper, a character in the Big Bang Theory. It will become evident why I have mentioned this later in the story. Anyway, a week ago, I was laying in bed reading, and it was getting close to 3.50 a.m. I started to feel drowsy, so I turned over and felt long-awaited sleep wash over me. I was woken up at 4.20 a.m. by knock-knock-knock on my bedroom door. I waited for the rest of the ritual, thinking it was my little boy. When it didn't come, I called his name. No answer. So I got out of bed and opened the door. There was no one there. Okay, he must have got back into bed, so I wanted to check on him. 
I found him snuggled up with his rhubarb and custard cuddly toys and in a deep sleep. I could hear my oldest son snoring away in his room, so I knew he hadn't been out of bed. Thinking I was probably tired and imagining it, I got back in bed wondering if it was worth trying to sleep now. I had just settled back down when, knock, knock, knock again, on the door. I jumped out of bed and ripped the door open slightly annoyed and extremely tired to find an empty hallway. I'm the most skeptical person, but I hissed out, uh, stop it. I'm tired and cranky. This isn't the time. I closed my door and got back into bed, no longer tired, and decided to read my book. A few minutes later, I heard my oldest son wake up, coughing, and then dashed for the bathroom, followed by the sounds of him being violently ill. I jumped out of bed and rushed to see if I could help him. He was being violently sick. After a few minutes, he came out and said he felt awful and was going back to bed. I gathered up a bucket, a bottle of water, face wipes, and a towel, and made sure he was comfortable. He said, Sorry, Ma. I didn't mean to wake you. I know you're having trouble sleeping. I replied, Don't worry, it's fine. I was awake. I went back to my room, sat on the bed, and although, as I said, I'm a bit of a skeptic, I, I said... Whoever that was, I'm sorry and thank you. Because at that moment, I truly believed someone was keeping me awake so I could make sure my son was okay. If I had fallen asleep as I usually do, I may not have heard him being ill. It transpired he had a virus and was in bed for three days. Love RPA. And man, that's from Angel. Angel, thank you very much for sharing. Loved it. Another feel-good story. Yeah, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, perhaps something was trying to keep you awake. Yeah, knocking on your door. It's kind of cool if you think about it. All right. Yeah, thanks again for sharing. Yeah, I think I would have been pissed, though, because I have a hard time sleeping as well. And if I'm dozing off and, you know, I hear that keeping me up... You know, it's kind of like a psychological problem where you can't sleep and keep on staring at your alarm clock and, you know, you're doing math in your head trying to figure out, okay, how how many more hours and minutes do I have before the alarm goes off? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, (laughs) I hate that. All right, what's next? What do we got? This one is titled Ghost, and it's by Spooked. Okay, Spooked, let's see what you got, man. My boyfriend and I are currently traveling in South America. I was unsure of submitting this story, but I felt compelled to after a few sleepless nights. We visited Rio de Janeiro and originally stayed at a big hotel on the main avenue of Ipanema, but decided to stay longer due to the incredible weather. The hotel we wanted to stay at was booked, unfortunately, and because the service was quite poor anyway, we decided to look for other accommodations. The hotel we decided on was a small boutique type and was recently renovated. Also noticeable was ongoing construction on both sides of the building. The hotel itself was reminiscent of a Japanese capsule hotel. The rooms were clean, well furnished, but on the smaller side. At least the room we booked was anyway. It was the last room in the hotel and we were lucky to get it over a weekend which tends to be quite busy in the summer months with both locals and tourists descending upon the area. 
We stayed two nights in the hotel. The first night was quite incident-free, and aside from a passing creepiness I felt while using the bathroom mirror, which I attributed to the mirror facing another mirror behind me when the bathroom door was open, the room was comfortable. I didn't notice that one of the pot lights that had a dimmer switch was not working during our check-in, but I thought nothing of it. After a wonderful dinner at the restaurant in the hotel on our second night, we retired to the bedroom and decided to watch a movie. My boyfriend was about to fall asleep, so I turned off the pot light on his side. I will note it was a dimmer switch, and the dial had to be turned all the way to switch off the light, as with the other pot light. The other pot light on my side of the bed was not on and was not working as I noted earlier. The room was fully dark and all the lights were switched off because I decided to also turn in for the night. I may have been asleep for an hour, maybe more, when I suddenly woke up to a very bright light. I was in a daze and thought maybe it was morning. It took another second to realize that the pot light on my side had been fully turned on and the light on my boyfriend's side was also switched on, but not as brightly. I quickly turned the dimmer switches for both lights and told my boyfriend the lights were on. He mumbled something about he's tired and I should sleep. I was in too much shock to wake him further. Unfortunately, my mobile phone, which is almost always beside me, was charging in the bathroom, so I could not see what time it was. I grabbed the sheets and held onto a pillow and forced myself to think nothing of it. I was still awake when I felt the blanket pull ever so slightly on my side. I know it could not have been my boyfriend as he was on the other side and there was no air in the room apart from the AC which hummed quietly in the background. I don't know how, but I forced myself to forget about it. I could not even open my eyes and look around the room as I was afraid I would see something I didn't want to. After a long sleepless night, morning finally came and I was relieved to see my boyfriend was awake. I told him of the story and he asked me if I was sure I turned off the lights. I assured him, yes, and reminded him that the lights were already off when he fell asleep. I also showed him that the light on my side was now fully functional despite it not working the night before. He could not believe that I managed to sleep through it all as he would have been terrified if it happened to him. I told him I realized how people must feel in that situation where they just willed themselves to forget about it as I could not even bring myself to leave the bed, let alone leave the room. During breakfast, he asked the hotel staff if any such occurrence with the lights had happened before, to which the concierge said no. He also said he would check the room for us to see if there was an issue with the lights. We were due to check out that morning, so we returned to our room and packed up. On our way out, the door, which never closed by itself and would stay ajar unless one were to push or pull it gently, closed firmly before our eyes. We looked at each other and got in the hotel elevator. I'm curious whether the renovation had something to do with all the activity. I asked another guy at the front desk how old the building was. He said it was originally built in 1974, but had been under constant renovation for a while. I am convinced this construction had brought on the haunting. I also noticed there was a photo in the hotel lobby of the building before renovation. We are now in Salvador, 
and I'm still wondering about the ghost in Eponema. As I write this, I have to remind myself that it's unlikely the ghost followed me and that the noises I hear in the room are just exterior noises of the old house we are staying at. I really like the hotel we stayed at, but I doubt I will set foot in room 401 again. Thanks for reading. And man, that's from Spook. Spook, thank you very much for uh, sharing. Yeah. Hope you uh, enjoy the rest of your travels. I don't know if you're on vacation or not, but it sounds like you're having a good time so far. Yeah, you know, that's not uh, quite odd. Uh, we get stories like that all the time. You know, you move into a new place, you got plans for your new house, you know, and, uh, you know, months go by or maybe a year goes by, you guys save up money and then you start renovating, tearing down walls, changing carpet, building a new deck, things like that. And then all of a sudden things uh, start to happen that uh, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it happens often, actually. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Spooked. And that is it for the stories, guys. Oh, yeah. That's all we got. And as always, we are flattered that you come here to the RPA Network, and hopefully you are finding everything okay, at least something you like. Hope you're enjoying the uh, entertaining short films and the new show, Hulu Lounge Radio, on Friday as well. And don't forget, if you don't have the free RP app that we built for you, it's free because we love you guys. Just go to your app store and do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and you'll see our iconic aqua blue eyes staring back at you and download it today. Stream anytime, anywhere. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britain, and also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night.